we're going to be one of the majority of people in Canada now that don't have a doctor. That is now us. We are doctorless like the rest of this collapsing shithole of a country. <laughs> Too strong? Too strong to start off? No. Um, <laughs> anyways. This is the intro. This is the intro. Life is the intro. <laughs> Bro, the intro and the was, outro. The intro was no, 5.25 p.m. September 12th, 1991. Birth is the intro and death is the outro. Do you know what time you were born? Yeah, 5.17 Oh, okay. PM. I'm like 4.31 or something like that. A.M. or p.m.? 4.31, the same number that I can bench press. A.M. or p.m.? In grams. <laughs> p.m. I didn't, I wouldn't do that to my mother. That'd be horrible. <laughs> For her I, first child? I let her, like, yeah, birth me, and then she went home and had a nice dinner. <laughs> <laughs> like, probably, definitely not, but she'd be very happy, though. The first child's special. Yeah, I mean, I was there. She was fired up. The first child is special. They are. We tell ourselves that because we're both the oldest. Okay, wait, we're going to do an AMA. AMA. AMA, AMA. We had some good uh, good banter going a, on uh, before oh, the podcast. Oh, we got a phone call coming in. Do we? Who is it? One eight eight eight. Oh, do it, do it. No, I don't. You have to, you're, that's the rule. We made the rule. This is an important message regarding your medical records from Dr. Larry Baker. Oh, it's oh. actually from our doctor. Oh. Oh, because he's going to. I need to know this. How do I save this? Nine. Nine saves it. No, it's not a voicemail. I answered oh. it. Oh, Just keep it playing. It's okay. Oh, okay. Whatever. Whatever. I have the They'll letter. call back. He's, they won't a, call back. It's a recording. She'll, the, she'll call you. So you save the voicemail. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, um, <laughs> yeah, because they got to transfer medical records over because he's leaving. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're going to be one of the majority of people in Canada now that don't have a doctor. That is now us. We are doctorless like the rest of this collapsing shithole of a country. <clears throat> Too strong? Too strong to start off? No. Um... <laughs> Anyways, you're spicy. Um, what uh, what else were we talking about before the episode? We had some. We were talking about some cool stuff. Uh, talking about childhood. We were talking about on the last episode too. Yeah, stuff that happens in childhood regarding eating behaviors and oh, how uh, your parents. You're talking about uh, your client and how talking about my client. I have his a, mom. Uh, yeah, I have a story. Ooh, there we go. Phone call. You think it's the same one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it one eight eight eight? No, let it go to voicemail. Oh, just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear right, it. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the point. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I want to answer a phone call, dude. It's a rule. No, no, I want that one to. I want Alex to get a phone. call. I want to hear that one. Um. Yeah. So I have a client. This is a cool story. I have a client who I've worked with for six-ish years now. Six years. Seven. No, six. it's probably six. six. Twenty seventeen. Six. Yeah. Probably later 2017 or early 2018. Five? Um, 17, 18, 19, 20. So they have struggled with, when they came to see me, they had already been through the gauntlet of weight loss. They've been through Weight Watchers, 
successfully, very successfully, they initially lost, um, how much did they lose? Well, over 200 pounds. I, I yeah, can't so get over the intense. gauntlet of weight loss. The that sounds amazing. Keep going. <laughs> the gauntlet of weight loss. That was loss. amazing. It I wasn't... just feel like a uh, like it's like a row of people on each side, but like one's Weight Watchers, one's Fit for Less. One's... Yeah, you make it sound so good, but unfortunately for this person, it's like it's it means that it's been very challenging for them. Sorry, <laughs> they've been through a lot. So <laughs> they have lost the weight. They've regained it. They've lost the weight. They've regained it. And in their career of weight loss, mm. they've lost and regained hundreds of pounds. So they don't lack the skills to lose weight or the information to lose weight. They know what it takes. Mm -hmm. um, sustainability may be another aspect that they could maybe improve on, but um, they still have some work to do in regards to coping mechanisms around stress and psycho-emotional stuff around eating. Now, I was, I've been working with them now, like I said, for around six years or so. And uh, a couple months ago, they brought something up where I was like, wow, that's, wildly deep and pretty important i think based on what we know your struggles are um and they mentioned when they were young like 10 years old something like that their mom commented to them i don't know if this was multiple times or just on one occasion but their mom told them you're always going to be fat for the rest of your life because there was they were they were always a heavier child heavier chubbier kid and yeah his mom said you're you're always going to be fat Wow. And you know what's crazy is he looked at me and said with like surprise and was like, and she was right, which is crazy because he was explaining he, what he was basically implying there was that he assumed he was looking at it from the perspective of her predicting the future. And I was looking at it like, no, 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 no. She did not predict the future. She created, she created caused this, the she caused, she created the future. She caused this to happen or at least mm -hmm. was partially responsible with that type of comment. Um, and she created this self-fulfilling prophecy, essentially. And it's crazy. I was like, I think those things happen because I'm sure those things happen in people's lives and it might not seem super important at the time. Um, or, or, you know, so maybe they forget about it or it hurt them, but it doesn't feel like anything that matters. So then they don't connect it with the fact that they may have like weight problems later in life. Or just, and maybe they don't even have weight problems. They just have disordered eating patterns. Maybe their weight's actually healthy, but they just don't have a healthy relationship with their body or a healthy relationship with food. And it all, a lot of this stuff stems from childhood, which is crazy. You know, just like that reel we watched on the last episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of wow. nuts. Wow. Kind of nuts. I see it with people all the time for sure. Because it's like it, stuff can come out later in life, but it all comes from like your formative years of like developing coping mechanisms and you know how you manage pain how you manage discomfort or how you manage whatever just uncomfortable feelings and food's such an easy one yeah. and if you're 10 12 14 16 it's like for a lot of kids they're not using drugs a lot of kids in easy ways food and not only is it more accessible but it's the opposite not not the opposite it's it's like it's compounded by yeah. parents in some situations, actually encouraging it and promoting well, they, it to be like, I'm going to use this to yes. babysit you or to keep you quiet or to sedate yes. you or to whatever yes. it is because yes. I'm stressed out and I need to get you and to I, relax. I can't handle your screaming. I know that if I give you donuts, you don't scream. So I'm going to give you donuts. 
And this and isn't. It creates more issues too because like these kids, like th that much sugar is not good. It creates more behavior issues. Yeah, and I think I think it's probably important to say too <clears throat> that it's easy for us. I can understand the the critique. Yeah, because we because don't have kids we yet. don't have kids, so I get it. Um, we got dogs that puke. If you compare kids to dogs one more time, I'm going to kick you off. This I show. don't. You know I don't. <laughs> I know. I just got a text from your. Sister I'm just kidding. Too. I'm just kidding. It's not a tell her to phone call. No, no, no. she said. Uh, oh. but, but yeah, we don't have kids, so I think it is. Uh, it's one so of those cute. things that uh, you know. You it'll probably once you experience it, I'm sure it's different. So this isn't meant to be a shame on parents. No, it's just meant to be a tool to understand your own behaviors and your own kind of reactions and, and habits around food can come from the way your parents dealt with you. Well, that's what it is. Yes. You know? I agree with that too, because it's like, if you're thinking like, oh yeah, my parents fed me this, this, or gave me whatever I wanted or whatever, it's all hindsight now. So it's like, you can't even like bring it up to them or, or get mad at them. Cause like, it's already passed. You can't do anything about it now, but you can change how you react to it now. And you can change your habits and you can be a better example for your kids, right? Um, so yeah, I agree with what you just said. I was just piggybacking off. It's actually my idea, so. <laughs> I said it first. Uh, Alex. <laughs> yes. Now that you're like a fitness superstar. Yes. He's, yeah. how, far are you into, how far are you into the plan? Uh, almost two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Okay, tomorrow. so you started, you started a plan being coached by Sam. Correct. Before um, January 1st. By Sam Slater, the second best coach in the world. Slays fits number one. Slays fit. <laughs> um, what is, so we already asked about your experience, but is there something that you could think of where now that you're looking at food differently, you're looking at fitness differently, and you're probably looking at yourself differently, is there stuff that's come up where you're like, oh, I see that way different, especially compared to like, you've worked with us on all fitness stuff fitness content, fitness-based things for at least two years now. So now, is there something you look at where you're like, holy crap, like I've seen this for the last two years. I've been consumed with this environment, but now I have this like new perspective on it because I'm experiencing this. I think the the one that automatically comes to mind is the doc, like Sam's doc, uh -huh. in the sense of like for two years, I it's not that I didn't know that what Sam does isn't hard, right? Like obviously yeah. anybody on paper could be like, this is really hard to do. But having like, again, just two weeks into it. So I'm not even like, I can't even really speak to it, the amount within like, you know, if I were to do, well, when I do this for yeah. four to six months. But so far I'm like, I, there was a big thing for context for the viewers. There, there was a huge thing that I said to Sam every single year we do the documentary, uh, which again was supposed to be a one year doc. We're now on year three. Besides the point, I always said to Sam, I was like, can you please just film yourself talking to the camera? And when I started this, I said to Sam that I was going to prove her wrong <laughs> and I was going to film myself every single day <laughs> talking to the camera about my experience. Mm -hmm. um, I have not filmed a single episode of anything because I, uh, I realized that like there's a lot of mental hurdles yep. um, that you're just, you have to be in the right mindset. Yep. And actually, I do have a question for Sam. Mm. Uh, which I found myself doing after like the first few days of the workouts. Mm -hmm. Genuinely, it felt like I was going through the gauntlet of fitness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
fighting the boss. At one point, I just started talking to myself in the mirror, like giving myself affirmations. Heck yeah. Um, So I'm curious, is there, when you go through certain periods through your prep, is Mm -hmm. there something you tell yourself or something where you have to like automatically go to either a mantra or a sentence or something that like just pushes you past the hurdle? That's a that's a good question. Um, not now. Okay. Just because I've done so many, like, it, so competing alone eight years, right? Mm-hmm. And then training for, oh, geez, at least another three or four before that. So if I look back to those, okay, let's look back to the first few competitions. Um, Probably yes, but I was also with someone that had already competed for many years. So like having that support helped too. So like I didn't have to go like talk to myself in the mirror. I could just ask him like, hey, how do I get through this? Right. And then he would answer. So like you could totally do that with us too. Like just send a text or whatever. You've been And you've been asking good questions on text anyways. But, um, yeah, there was nothing like, um, like the hardest thing for me is dealing with the hunger. Yeah. When I get really hungry, that's the hardest thing. Cause I love the training. Uh, the training isn't hard. Um, like it's hard, but like, I like that part. It's, it's gotta be the hunger and the energy, um, lack thereof energy. So it's like. I either just find something to preoccupy myself with or for the hunger, it's like, uh, and actually this happens with a lot of competitors and this might happen with you. It's like the explore page turns to all food videos because somehow watching it gives you a little bit of that hit because you like, you remember that smell that it smells like, or you like see the cheese getting pulled apart and you're like, that does something to your brain to be like, oh, I'll actually get that again soon. So it's like, you're, the whole thing is all food videos or saved recipes or whatever. Now, competing's um, very, very strict. So, like, you do have, like, some crazy weird treats after. Um, but obviously, if it's real life and lifestyle and you're trying to, like, whatever, you can, you can, you can, like, go back to a healthier normal eating pattern where you can include these treats more often so you don't get this, like, urge to binge on these treats so so maybe like your page won't be filled with food or whatever but um i don't think i'm like a mantra would help i think it would be more so like just having at least one person for a support system which like obviously now is tim so like this is for you though hmm? yeah that's what works for you you mean that's what works for me so he asked me if i had a mantra and stuff uh long story short tldr no, I look for like a support person <clears throat> instead. Some people are mantra people. Yeah, that's Yeah, you're not that's a, great. you're not a mantra person. No. No. But like that's because I don't like my motivation um I think that's because I'm self-coach though. Like I don't I don't know. What do you mean? <clears throat> yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> I inhaled the ginger ale. <laughs> <coughs> That's not what how you do you do mean? it. Oh. <laughs> That's not how you do it. That's what happens when you inhale aspartame. Your voice changes like it's, you don't even need the filter. It sounds so sultry now. <laughs> Why does your voice sound like that? 
Aspartame. <laughs> what if they? What if that was one of the side effects of sweeteners? They didn't know. Everyone's arguing about like sweeteners spike your blood sugar. Sweeteners uh, mess up your gut bacteria. Sweeteners make you wanna cr- uh, just increase your cravings. Sweeteners uh, cause Alzheimer's. Whatever, right? Whatever all the claims. Parkinson's. Are. Parkinson's. Whatever all the claims are. Um, it's too high. What if one of the one of the things that we didn't even know was that it changes your voice to sound like James Earl Dean or something? And they're like, "Wow, everyone sounds like Morgan Freeman now." What is this? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Alex, to answer your question, uh, no, I don't have a mantra. I don't know. I just uh, I've been doing it so long. If I'm like hungry, I'm just like, all right. I got a question for you, Alex. Know. What's just the time. what's the biggest challenge you've had thus far? Um, into the plan where some where you're just like ooh that's the, annoying the weirdest feeling which I was gonna also ask Sam too mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. I'll eat and I it's like I want to eat but I don't have the appetite to eat but mm-hmm. I also like I'm also like sick of everything in terms of like food where it's like I don't I don't get excited by it so it's like a weird like position to be in where it's like I know I have a meal coming up I should be like eating this, but I'm eating it out of being forced. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, there's no, the, the enjoyment factor is gone of it. Yeah. And I think, <clears throat> I think that's one of the biggest things that I feel like even like me going into it, I knew that it was going to hit that point where it's like, I'm just not going to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the weird one. And that's, it makes sense because well, think about it too. We've changed your macronutrient break breakdown so much. Like, We've increased your protein to like a lot more than you were eating for yeah. sure. Yeah. Isn't it amazing um, how much food volume you can eat when you're like macros are different? It, like example, protein gets jacked way up to like what a human's supposed to have. And then all of a sudden you're like, I don't even have room for like other yeah. stuff. Like, that was the biggest thing because I was sitting there <clears throat> trying to eat it and mm-hmm. I felt myself like going to throw up. <laughs> Which is a weird feeling because I'm a big dude that's used to eating a lot of food. Right. Exactly. So, but it's easy yeah. to eat lots of food when it's no protein, exactly. high sugar, high, high fat. fat. Yeah. Yeah. And and super calorically super dense. dense. Like low like food little, volume. Like little M&Ms. Yes. Low like food cup volume. Of M&Ms. High. There's like that that doesn't fill your stomach at all, but it's like <clears throat> like seven hundred calories and right. like a handful of you know what I yeah. mean? So it's like yeah. and then people don't like the the calorie thing right because because now you're you're eating uh lower calorie than you would have mm-hmm. with higher with a higher caloric volume food so you're eating um technically more food volume but less calories so now you're like oh i'm like legitimately full right because yeah. now the volume is bigger but the calories that your body has to break down is less so you've been <clears throat> consistently Losing weight every day. Yeah. And right? the, the, the funny thing initial. is, I, and what's helped a lot, and I, I don't know if this analogy will help anybody, but every time I'm on the treadmill, think like craving something or whatever, I think about your analogy with the M&Ms, where mm-hmm. it's like this much M&Ms is equal to this many calories or whatever. And then I think about like how many calories I'm losing being on the treadmill and yeah. how many M&Ms that would be. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because you could lose like... You could do 10 minutes and burn 100 calories and then that would take 0.2 seconds to ruin with M&Ms. Yeah, right. So it really does go back and you were telling us this beforehand where it's like you've already now put in this much work 
So it's like helping you not want to quit because you're like, well, I'm more, I've already put this much effort. Yeah. And right? I feel like the more, the longer I do it, the more that pressure will grow. Exactly. Like, you know what will happen too yeah. that may have started to happen. It's still early. So I assume it's not happened much if it has. Um, but it's hard to picture before it actually happens is the, the rewiring. There's like some type of brain re rewiring. Mm. It happens to every single client I work with that historically has had poor eating habits as far as like being able to like eat lots of junk food. Um, the rewiring is like insane. So you basically, it doesn't mean you never want those foods again, but it means you want them way less often and the cravings are way less frequent. Uh, the, your ability to stomach them when you do goes down. So a good example would be like three, six months from now, you'll have some type of refeed or something, whatever. Yeah. You'll have M&Ms or maybe you don't even follow the plan one night and you're just like, I'm going to have M&Ms. You do it and it's immediate regret, not because of mental, although that would be part of it. You're like, oh my goodness, I'm going to puke. Yeah. Like I just, I used to be able to crush this. What happened? That happens to all my clients where they like, they go, they go off plan or whatever, right? And they, or I give them some, you know, added flexibility to the plan to be like, hey, take this, do what you want mm -hmm. with it. Let's see what happens. And then they maybe choose to select a food that they used to eat. Uh, for one of my clients, it was pizza a lot more. And they went and got like the fast food pizza they would normally get. And she was like, oh my goodness, like I can barely stomach three pieces. She's like, I would just have a whole pizza for myself. We used to have, my spouse would have one and I would have one. And then we'd have cheesy bread and then we'd have a pop and then we'd have ice cream. And she's wow. like, she's like, I can do a fraction of that now. Yeah. So like it totally rewires. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean she doesn't crave those things. She still struggles every week with yep. those. It doesn't mean that goes away. It just means it's way different, way different. And I think some of the rewiring has to do with like now you, since you're feeling better on like whole foods and stuff, you start to realize like <clears throat> this food is like when you break it down, food is fuel for your body right? When you really break it down, it doesn't have to be enjoyable. Humans made it so that it's this social enjoyable thing. It has to taste good, has to whatever, right? Where it's like, it really doesn't though. Like if you have to hit your goals and eat chicken at a, a plastic baggie, right? Like you got to do that, right? Like it, it, like it doesn't have to be seasoned. It doesn't have to be, everyone's always like, how can I make this Taste as good as taste possible. Taste as good as, like, what's, how do you season your chicken? And then they, they go, ew. And I'm like, <clears throat> I literally just eat it plain with salt. Because at that point, I'm only thinking about the goal, right? And at that point, you're trying to get rid of the hunger. Anything you eat will get rid of the hunger at that point. Mm -hmm. Right? So you're just yeah. like, hey, I, I just want to eat something. There's also an argument there the too for keep, deliberately keeping food more bland. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've, uh, thought about this, Alex, or heard about this, but a strategy with keeping food more bland in general, not necessarily all of it, mm -hmm. but keeping most of your meals, the vast majority as bland as possible, actually blunts that ability to crave more. So if you make it really good and it's healthy and fits your goals, that can be dangerous for some people because then they just keep wanting to eat. Well, so it triggers a binge because it tasted so good. So if you deliberately make it bland, you can blunt that feeling of like binge. He said that earlier when I had my little protein shake. He's like, does it come in not chocolate? Because if I drink the chocolate one, I might want chocolate. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Which is fantastic. Yeah. It's already him knowing himself like. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't mean you need to suffer 100% of the time. Yeah. But it does mean that 
uh, it's probably easier in some aspects if you can if you can remove a chunk of the pleasure so that you're not constant. Because this is the thing: the, the one of the problems. Not saying it's it's all a problem, but one of the problems with making you know wanting all of your food to taste great all of the time is that it keeps your brain wired for food to be only pleasurable. Mm -hmm. When you right and it, like I would prefer something like 75 25 or 80 20 where it's like 80ish percent give or take what everyone's kind of other caveats would you know contribute to that or whatever but it's like 80% of meals make it generally unenjoyable mm -hmm. but not gross you don't want you yeah. know what i mean you shouldn't suffer through it but if you can make it where it's like yeah this isn't something i'm excited about but i can eat this fine because i'm hungry yeah. because i'm in a caloric deficit so yeah this is fine but it's nothing to write home about i would never take a photo of it it's not exciting yeah 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 and yeah. i don't want to keep eating it so this is great when the meal's done i'm fine yep. and then you leave 20 maybe some people that are more extreme 10 people that are less extreme want more flexibility maybe 25 or 30 percent because there's usually like with a little more flavor say you're eating three meals two snacks like say you're just on a meal plan like that uh -huh. there's usually one of those meals that's your favorite meal of the day that's the 20 percent yes exactly and then the 80 percent is like i'm eating this because this this is my plan that's right? how i was thinking about like it. what alex said like he's been enjoying the the oatmeal yeah. right with the banana yes yeah. And that's like probably one of your favorite meals. And you're like, oh, I really enjoy it. And then the rest, you're like, oh, I got to choke down this protein and whatever. But it's like, it's actually going to help. It's, it's, it took me a long time. Like I struggled with, I don't know if we talked about like me struggling with my binging. Oh, on the podcast? Yeah. I was like, oh, you and I have talked about it. No, on the podcast. Oh, maybe not. I for sure struggled. Like, and I don't think this, because I think I used to just eat really large amounts of food. But it wouldn't necessarily be a binge, but it would always be like, how full can I get myself? Like before I started bodybuilding and then obviously the restriction and then after the competition for sure led to binging, which a lot of my clients have dealt with. Um, and they think, I think that they don't know that I dealt with it. So when they- You don't, you haven't shared a lot of it. No. Yeah. But when someone approaches me with it, I'll talk yeah, about it Yeah, I think it'd be good them. for you to share more of it. I'm going to share it right now. Um. I'd go through like feelings of like, I can't, I, I cannot stop eating right now. And it doesn't feel like, it feels like a bottomless pit. Like you just keep eating and eating and eating. And then it, you hit a point where you're like, oh my gosh, I might puke right now. Because right. you're so full, right? Yeah. But, but it just hits you at once. It goes from like being so hungry and you're eating so fast that your hunger cues don't go away and you can't feel that you're full to all of a sudden like you can't breathe. Right. Which is why like it's so such a boring recommendation, but that's why eating slow is so good because right? your your stomach cues, your fullness cues, um, which is leptin, the hormone that'll actually trigger your body to tell you, hey, I'm getting full. Yeah. It lags. Yeah. So since it's a leg, yeah. it's like taking 10 shots of vodka all at once. It's like, why don't you do one at a time exactly. and wait 20, exactly. 30 minutes, right? To let it catch exactly. up. And this is why like on prep and stuff, I will use... Um, Actually, Alex, you should try this too, if you can. Uh, I use chopsticks. Because then you eat, especially like as food volume Forces goes you down, eat you eat so slow and you like, you're like, okay, I actually feel better now. Like I can, I'm not hungry right now. I just ate like, but it took me a long time um, to deal with the binging and it would come in waves, right? It would usually come after competition um, or if I was going through something really hard. And of course, like, 
I would never do it in front of you. It would always be like behind That's closed common, doors, right? right? I don't want to yeah. see. I don't want him to see me eating. And I did struggle with it, but then, um, I, I don't know. I one day I felt like in full control, and we've talked about this where I felt way better this past off season. I had way more control. I was making better choices. Um, I was doing less volume. I was eating um, prep type foods the whole time. And I felt really, really good. And I got to a point cause it, I used to previous off seasons get to a point where like my legs would be rubbing together in a way that was like really uncomfortable. And I didn't get that this off. I felt like good the whole time. And then I was just like, yeah, I totally have control. Now, mind you I'm going through prep again after the prep, that will be the real test. Um, but like something clicked of like, the food is fuel type thing where it's like, we like to go enjoy our date nights in the off season on a Wednesday and we go out for dinner because that's what we like to do. And it's like, okay, I knew I was going to do that. So I like structured the week differently kind of thing. I just felt really a lot better because I had struggled with that a lot. Um, not saying it's healthy and not saying that maybe I'm not a hundred percent cured, but I'm definitely on my way. And a major thing was, um, just having that realization that like food doesn't always 100% have to be enjoyable or I don't need to use it to feel good. Just little things like that. Like um, knowing that me eating a bowl of oatmeal and some eggs is going to fill me up and do a lot better than me having like Nutella on like something. You know what I mean? Just like choices like that. Because then if you're actually mindful about it, you could be like, okay, like why was I actually binging and like how can I not? You just don't think about it in the moment because you're like hiding it and like embarrassed. And once you actually like look at yourself and be like, what are you doing? I feel like you can get a grip. 100%. That's what I felt like. Yeah, anyways, that's cool. Me. I just feel better. I think you you saw that. Yeah, 100%. You saw my habits compared to the last like previous yeah. I've like I've I've had pretty good eating habits mm -hmm. for like several years now. Um they weren't when I was like partying more and stuff like that, but you know, for the last handful or more years, my habits have been pretty good and I like I like structure with a healthy level of flexibility. I like a regimen and I like order with again a healthy level of of intuitiveness. But uh that feeling like when I I just, you know, I'm three to four weeks into my diet now. And prior to that, I was bulking for 16 months. And like, I think that was one of the things that I really didn't, I found really challenging that kind of threw me off. It, it took a bit of confidence out of me was the fact that I was always pushing food. Mm. And I didn't like that feeling of yeah. like yeah, pushing food made me, you know, this isn't saying anything about other people, but this is just how I felt. I was feeling... I felt like a slob. I felt like a pig. I felt fat. I felt full all the time. It's like, regardless of if that's right for my goal, and it was. Yeah. But then it made me feel like, you know what? I don't want this to keep being my goal. If this, I don't yeah. feel good about myself. I don't feel about, feel yeah. good about this goal even anymore. Yeah. So then I and, decided to change because I was like, I feel better when I'm making eat a decision, eating decisions that not don't just support my aesthetic goals, but also like my health goals. I want to feel I don't want to just be healthy. I want to feel healthy, you know? And like obviously doing like doing something like bulking for that long 
you knew you were going to experience like it was going to be hard, but I think it was just like hard for so long and you were hitting that wall that you were like, okay, it's time to change right now. Like, yeah, it's just yeah. like, it's, I, I, it's not that you couldn't be uncomfortable and you were just like, oh, yeah. I don't like the same. Like, yeah, it was a long time of you being uncomfortable. Yeah. So I think, uh, next but, episode I'm going to maybe talk more about that. Sweet. Yeah. Cause I got some ideas on that one. Five stars. Yeah. If you're <laughs> watching on YouTube, please like the video <laughs> and, and then subscribe, subscribe. Um, we're going to have lots more goodies. We obviously have lots more episodes coming at you regularly every single week, but we will be doing training vlogs eventually. Ooh. So get ready for that training vlogs. Cool. Um, and then there's some other stuff that we can't say that'll be surprises. Uh, some people may have known cause we may have told them in person. <laughs> so if we haven't told you, guess Surprise. we haven't seen you in person. Yeah. Maybe you should come hang come out to, with Come us. to Freebird. Maybe you should come hang out at Freebird. Uh, anyways, yeah. If you're listening to Spotify or Apple or anywhere else where you can listen to podcasts, please leave a five-star review and share on your social media and tag us at Stay Peaked. We love you so much. Miss you. Love you. Bye. Bye. -bye.